You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... <coughs> I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ten Till Places, a theater podcast. My name is Aaliyah Gardner, and I am your host. Today, I'm sitting down with another Empowered Artist Collective member, a beautiful, talented, extraordinary teaching artist, Miss Susanna Crowell. She is uh, stating up in New York, and she took the time to sit down and chat with me about how she teaches and how she really maneuvers the classroom when it comes to being an artist and implementing those techniques that she has and that um, real life experience of being an actual artist and adding that into her classes to really make a unique experience for her kids. And I truly uh, connect with her on that level because I myself am a teaching artist. Um, I am a director. I am a, um, a teacher, an artist, a performer, I'm all of it. So I really do um, appreciate her chatting with me about um, what really drives her as an artist and as a teacher as well. Um, I really hope that you enjoy this episode of the many hats of a teaching artist. Enjoy. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. Hi, Susanna. How are you tonight? I'm good, Aaliyah. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so, so, so much for joining me tonight. Um, tell my listeners, who are you? What are you involved in in the arts right now? How do we know each other? Let's just uh, go ahead and jump into introductions. Wonderful. I know you, Aaliyah, from Empowered Artists Collective, Woo-hoo! which is a wonderful group of currently 15 um, young Wimix. How how do you pronounce? Let's see. Women Wimix. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard it pronounced, but um, it's an all inclusive group of artists um, led by Elise Melendez and Jennifer Apple. I really hope I said their names right. <laughs> and uh, 
we have been learning and growing through that group together for the last couple months. Mm-hmm. And I am a performing artist in New York City. I am currently doing a Zoom musical, Human Resources the Musical. Oh um, originating, yes. Thank you. Originating the role of Jenny. Mm-hmm. And I am also a teaching artist. Um, currently, I was teaching through... Zoom classes, and now I'm teaching some socially distanced classes in Manhattan. Beautiful. Well, nice. Congratulations. You're staying busy. That's that's great. That's a blessing right there. For sure. <laughs> I'm glad to have jobs. For yeah, sure. Definitely. And I mean, with the Empowered Artist Collective and everything, it's been a really awesome experience. I just talked to uh, Alyssa Joani last night about um, a little a little bit of her company and everything. But um, in terms of the collective, how has it been helping you as an artist and kind of building you up in, um, in terms of like trying to make sure that you stay confident and Basically, how's it been affecting you? Because for me, it's been, it it was definitely not what I was expecting at all. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I knew it would be a place where um, taking care of ourselves and self-care was prioritized. Mm -hmm. Though talking about self-care can be such a general subject. Mm -hmm. I very much like specific actionable goals. And I thought that this would be a love yourself, take care of yourself. I didn't really know how specific we would be able to get in implementing um, self-care into our routines as artists. And I didn't really know how, okay, well, what does self-care look like for busy artists too? And it can look different than someone, for example, with a nine to five. And, um, And how to find that balance. It's been really eye-opening. Um, in a lot of ways. And yeah, it's, there have been actionable steps and there have been steps um, to guiding our career outside of the self-care element as well. You know, talking about Mm -hmm. the nitty gritty of the business, which Mm -hmm. I always dive into the nitty gritty of the business. And that's kind of my favorite part of looking into, okay, where am I applying for the next gig? Um, What are some very specific tips and people to talk to in the city. Um, But we've gotten some of that as well as the self-care element, which is what, you know, it's not what I go after typically or focus on, but it's something that I really needed. So the balance and the broad scope of what we've been able to talk about in Empowered Artists Collective has been um, incredible in just like the sessions that we've had. We pack in so much, um, so much to learn from and so many people to learn from. So many people have been brought in uh, telling their stories. And it, um, it's every time I go into a session, I walk away saying, wow, I didn't know I could get that much out of mm-hmm. listening for just a couple of hours um, to these panels. Mm-hmm. It's insane. It's it's so crazy because, you know, it's especially as an artist, I mean, we use our, our every part of our bodies for our jobs, whether that be our voices, our our physical bodies, our like mentally trying to put ourselves into a scene or a scenario and everything. It's just so, I never realized as a performer how important it is to have a space where you can just speak freely and all, and just really let go 
of all of those anxieties and all of those stressors that that may cause those anxieties throughout the day. So it's it's just been a, a beautiful um, experience, and I'm I'm honestly so excited. We have a, I think only a couple more meetings left, but I'm so excited to keep going with you guys. And it's been so great because I get to meet people like you, which I'm so excited to delve into the children's theater side of your career and everything. Like because I know children's theater. Um, I've worked, I've taught, I've um, directed children's theater. So I want to really know your experiences with that and what really got you towards that area of the arts. Absolutely. So separate from pursuing musical theater, which I knew I wanted to do from a very, very young age and Mm -hmm. had been taking classes and watching the classics um, as early as, you know, three, four years old. My mom was a big fan of classic musical theater. So I watched Wizard of Oz really early on and got hooked. And Oh, man, same. That's so crazy. Oh, Wizard of Oz (laughs) is your gateway too? Yes, yes. The little, my mom got me those little red shoes at a thrift store and I would never take them off. It's, it was, there were little sequins all over. You would know I was there. I was never sneaky. It was so great. But no, (laughs) that's beautiful. Like, what were your some of your favorites? Absolutely. Let's see. Wizard of Oz was an early favorite. Um, mm-hmm. My mom tried keeping me away from the Disney princesses because she mm-hmm. didn't believe the um, the message of everyone ending up with a man was mm-hmm. a great one for her young one. And uh, I totally respect where she was coming from. And I didn't watch the movies till I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I ended up being a princess party performer and becoming obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> It, you know, um, uh, but we had Little Mermaid. Someone gave us Little Mermaid and my mom said, oh, one can't hurt, which, um, you know, arguably it's the worst of mm-hmm. all of the princess movies for what she was trying to avoid. Um, Ariel gives up everything for yeah. Eric. But mm-hmm. um, but Little Mermaid was one of my favorites, all the music in Little Mermaid. Um, uh, let's see. I really, I couldn't swim until I was... <laughs> I I learned how to swim very late, so it was uh-huh. ironic how obsessed I was with that one. Anyway, yeah. uh, and Mary it Poppins. Something that you were, like, yearning for. You know what's so funny? I just recently watched Mary Poppins for the very first time. <gasps> oh, what do you I, think? I loved it. It was so good. It was so – I mean, we Julie Andrews is just absolutely, like, stunning. And I actually just watched The Sound of Music for the first time as well. <gasps> I'm, I'm not even done with it. I'm at the wedding. I had to stop for some Yeah, I mean, it's a long, long – movie so yeah. I understand there's a literal there's that intermission in the yes, middle that's like exactly. 20 minutes of the mountains and I remember it was on um we had VHSs of mm-hmm. sound of music and it was two VHS tapes because mm-hmm. the movie's so long so we would get to the intermission and it would just play and we would go eat dinner or something mm-hmm. we'd watch it my parents met through a production of sound of music oh really that's why I exist yes it was no kidding production and my mom is a little bit older than my dad but she's very very short so she was Mm -hmm. playing um she was not playing Liesl but she was playing like the eight-year-old or the 12 year old (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. no I know I see it in my brain I'm just (laughs) yeah all the names and my dad was playing Rolf but the director knew both of them and tried setting them up and my dad was like what she isn't she like 12 and it's like no she's older than you you both go to University of Texas, like oh my god, and um, they've been together ever since. But yeah, um, that was a tangent. But those were some <laughs> of my favorites. But from a very early age, separately, um, as early as preschool, I was wanting to take care of and teach children younger than me. 
Um, even when I was little, I was like, can I go take care of the babies in the baby room? Like I, <laughs> I finished up my work here. Can I, can I go like, uh, guide some younger people? And that, um, it started really helping with kids younger. Um, officially when I left children's choir at my church, um, I was, I graduated from it. It was only till I think fifth grade. And by sixth grade, seventh grade, I said, hey, I, I miss children's choir. Can I go assist? Can I be the assistant children's choir director? So uh -huh. I did that until well into college, um, uh, all in Austin, Texas. I, I was born and raised there. I was there till January of this year. Mm -hmm. So um, helping with the children's choir and then uh, children's theater that I worked with, um, that I did classes and productions with for a couple of years. By the time I was 14, they asked, hey, you are officially old enough to help with the younger kids during the summer. And um, the productions you do will be cheaper if you also work here. And um, also you're really good with the younger kids. So would you like to um, help teach the classes? And I said, a thousand percent, yes. <laughs> and so I was a teacher there until... Um, until now when I'm still doing some of their guiding recordings for productions. So, mm -hmm. um, and then in college, I took some educational courses um, when I was in the theater and dance department at University of Texas. Uh, I was already teaching. I had been a lead teacher um, heading several classes at um, an organization that I've the same organization I've been working for since I was 14. Mm -hmm. um, oh, wow. I had kept teaching there and then taking official college classes in theater education, uh, furthered my abilities. Um, and I've continued to freelance as a children's teacher at several local theater companies since. Nice. That's awesome. So you've definitely been around kids a lot. So you're pretty comfortable in that realm and everything in terms like in terms of trying to teach them and like adjust and everything. What have you ever taught adults before in, in that realm of theater or was it strictly just kids? It's really mostly been kids. Um, mm -hmm. When it comes to choreography, um, the classes that I have taught, I don't think I really talked about that. Um, general musical theater productions. So sometimes I was a vocal coach. Sometimes I'd be choreographing. I was usually directing the camps as well. And then a ton of improv got thrown in there. I love teaching improv for kids. Mm -hmm. um, that's actually one of the curriculums that I created for these in-person socially distanced um, classes out of quarantine. I went with an improv stage combat class and a Broadway babies um, toddler class to start out with. Um, so I've loved creating my own curriculum. Mm -hmm. uh, but can you repeat the question? I forgot. <laughs> oh, no, you're good. I was just uh, I was just mainly wondering if you've worked with adults and everything. Because mm -hmm. I wanted to see if, like, kind of your experiences. But what do you, um, do you, what do you find is the hardest? Be because I've taught, um, uh, mainly like older, like teenagers and then um, younger children. So maybe like fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade mm -hmm. um, as the oldest of my kids. But then the other kids are like 15, 16, 17. Um, so there's like a really weird scale. But what do you think is the hardest part about trying to cater towards the younger kids? And if you have older kids, what's the hardest part for the older kids? 
Mm, I hear you. Um, most of the classes I have taught are, well, when I got started, the range for every single class and camp for the Forster organization I worked with was five to 13. Mm. And it would usually end up being five to, they would sometimes let older siblings as old as like 14, 15 into the classes. So catering to practically a 10 year age difference was really interesting. I had to, whatever activity we were doing, um, one, a lot of the games that I had set up and exercises, I cut down if it only really catered to the older kids or it only really catered to the younger kids. I had to find games that were more universal um, and that had different levels. Um, uh, you, you have to find games that can be adapted for the older kids and the younger. And a lot of the time, depending on the real age range of what specific, you know, group of kids you got, um, to have the older kids kind of be an assistant and really have some time to maybe teach them one-on-one, -on -one, depending on, uh, a lot of these were one week classes during the summers that I taught. Um, and I would be with these kids for eight hours a day and we would put on an entire production by Friday. They would get cast on Monday, put on the show on Friday. And if I had kids who were um, advanced, I would do the same activities with everybody. And then maybe at a break time, I would take um, the either older kids or kids who were really advanced who kind of needed some more stimulation or more to do or accomplish in the class. I would take them aside and say, hey, you know, I, I noticed you're interested in this part or you were really, really good at, you know, whether it be singing or they were really interested in the technical aspects of how I was setting up the stage. Um, I would say, hey, what, what do you want from to learn from me? What, what do you want to know? What would you like to get better at this week? What's like one thing that I can give you separate that can kind of an independent study thing mm -hmm. um, just to have them do something and uh, be fulfilled, leaving, have every single child leaving the class thinking I learned something new instead of, you know, I played these same games and I, you know, the, the games taught a lot of the younger kids, but they didn't really teach me because I've played them before. Mm -hmm. So um, really finding ways to cater to everybody has been my favorite uh, ways to teach wide age ranges. And uh, when I create my own curriculum, I really try to keep it centered to maybe three years at a time, maybe, you know, fifth grade to seventh grade mm -hmm. um, or something like that, sixth grade to eighth grade. That works perfectly. They're all in middle school because um, classes where you have five to, you know, 14 can be difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Very, very difficult. <laughs> that sounds, uh, I mean, keeping it as general as you can possibly, ca as you possibly can, but um, uh, with like the games and uh, pieces of uh, curriculum that you choose and everything, it just seems so difficult. I work at a, a fitness center and we, I couldn't even, uh, I feel like my brain would spasm if there were too many different ages in the area. Cause I, oh my goodness, I'd be like, ah, please 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 watch out for the rest of the kids and oh my goodness yeah but what are the age ranges that you I, I know you said usually older kids I'm used to mm -hmm. more younger fifth grade and younger oh, most yeah. of the time but mm -hmm. um what are some ways that you've adapted 
It's kind of, it's so funny because uh, the, the center that I work at, that I work for, um, they have a set curriculum that they, that all of the facilities around the world use and all of the um, tips and tricks and disciplinary things and all of that good stuff. But I don't know. I feel like um, when it comes to disciplining and trying to really connect with the child, it's really just getting down to their level and trying to relate to them in that sense and in that um, realm and in that headspace and really trying to get down to where they are at. We have a, a very long drop-off class and me and my boyfriend actually like work at the same facility and we work this three-hour class and everything that's fitness-based. But a majority of the activities that we do are very like up and antsy and um, we are always standing and dancing around and everything. But anytime that one of the other kids is kind of having a moment and everything, he'll either go off and really just pull him off to the side and just chat with him one-on-one and really try to figure out where he's at in that headspace because it's crazy how a lot of these kids that come into the facility, they act out because they don't have that outlet at home. Mm-hmm. So it's it's so it's so apparent in the way that they carry themselves in the facility and everything. So we really want to be those people that can really allow them to open up and say, this is a safe space, just like the, the collective really just, this is a safe space. You're allowed to talk. You're allowed to communicate because no matter what, these little humans are still humans and their emotions are very valid. No, even if it seems like they're acting a little bit wild and it's, I've, I've included this into my art artistic career and everything. Whenever I'm teaching kids, when I'm doing a a theater class, usually my classes that I would teach are like an hour long. But some of these kids would still get so antsy. And I don't know, maybe it's just the area that I'm in. But like, um, I would still implement this and it would still be really, really beneficial and helpful. And it would shine throughout their performances and their work ethic in class. And it's just, it, it, it makes me so warm and fuzzy inside. I love seeing the kids really learn and blossom and start to feel comfortable because the earlier that we do that, that is, um, it's better for them in the long run in other aspects of life. And I'm so sorry. I'm just really rambling here. So please oh, reel, no. reel me in. <laughs> reel me in. Oh no, I, they're, so much that I resonate with, with what you just said. Um, One, you were talking about how your boyfriend is there a lot of the time and that you have a second (laughs) person there. It is so crucial, depending on the class, depending on how long the class is, depending on how many kids to have a second person there. There are some programs I have worked for where I will show up to, sometimes there isn't really even a space for the theater company. They rent out you know, local churches or local common space buildings. And I show up with my box of costumes and other things that we will need and um, alone. And then I'm just in charge of, you know, sometimes up to 22 kids. Oh, wow. Um, Usually, okay, it doesn't go up to that number without an assistant there. But sometimes the assistant is about as old as the kids, maybe 14, like how old I was when I started. And... um, yeah, it can be really interesting when there isn't a second person there or the second person isn't well-equipped to um, or doesn't feel comfortable bringing aside um, another child if if someone else is acting out, you know, how do you respond to that child as well as the rest of the group? Um, so having a second person there can be so useful. Um, what do you think is like the most 
vital um, character traits that are like ne- that are the most necessary to be able to work closely with kids, especially in the art setting, because I feel like nowadays with the um, arts and just trying to reach children, it's ev- the arts are everywhere. I mean, there's TikTok now. So many artists are on there. So many young um, and like incredible artists are on TikTok and the internet and all of this. And now that there's all of these new different areas of um, media, where what do you think as a teaching artist is like the most important to really um, lean towards when it comes to teaching? And what do you what do you look for in I guess a teaching artist if you were to have a child that were going to go into doing uh, to do a theater class or an acting class or anything in that realm? Nice. I've been thinking about this a lot. There are some. Uh, organizations in Austin who I've worked with before, and they'll ask, hey, we're starting up classes again um, in person, and can you make these dates? And I say, I'm I'm actually in New York City, and I cannot make it. Um, but a lot of the time, I will suggest someone else. And I've been thinking about this a lot with the other teaching artists I know, who's at the top of my list to recommend. Um, and there are so many uh, there's so many things to take into account um, with what makes a good teaching artist. But when it comes to teaching, I would say the most crucial skill for me would be being a good and astute listener. Um, listening to what the kids are ready to take on that day listening to what they want to do, listening to their favorite aspects of the lesson and maybe leaning into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you listen closely to where they're coming from, their energy level, maybe what they want to focus on instead of the lesson, mm-hmm. um, you can empathize there. And sometimes, you know, For example, a kid comes in and um, I taught one class that was a production of uh, Lightning Thief. Um, This was a play production before the musical came out. And um, a lot of these kids joined the class because they were really into the books, but they may not necessarily be interested in acting. Um, So a lot of these kids came into the acting camp as big Percy Jackson fans and didn't... um, weren't really ready for the acting aspect. So listening to what they wanted to say about the book, you know, there isn't a ton of time to sacrifice to other conversation that isn't the lesson plan, but taking some of that time out and saying, whoa, cool. I know we're bigger fans of just reading the book, but hey, let's use that skill. You get to read the script over and over and over. Mm -hmm. Maybe that can be you can lean into that to have the kids memorized so quickly. Um, or I, I hope that made sense. Uh, no, yeah, it did. Yeah, it just leaning into, or literally sometimes just saying, I know you don't want to dance today, but let's <laughs> get up and let's get through it, okay? And then right after the dance, let's um, let's go into quiet time reading the script. Or um, at lunchtime, you get to tell me every single little detail about your favorite scene. But I'm only going to let you tell me every single detail of your favorite scene if you get up and dance now. Um, so really listening to what their favorite parts are and leaning in and finding, and again, teaching 
artist. You use that artist part to get creative with, okay, how are, how are we going to make this the most fun, even if they don't want to participate in every single aspect, but every single aspect is required for this lesson plan. Mm-hmm. Wow. I love that. No, thank you. Yeah, thank you. You couldn't have said it any better, honestly. No, it, that's, it's so important. It really is because I feel like it's so easy to get stuck in your curriculum or what you're supposed to do, your time. Time is always so, so um, crazy to always mm-hmm. look at and everything. It's so difficult to stay on track sometimes, especially if you have a more rowdy crowd or if you have more um, like antsy crowd that wants to add more of their own flair to it, but really just adapting. If you're, if you're able to adapt and if you're able to adjust to the situation and what's going around you, I really feel like anybody can be successful when it comes to working with children, because that's what they are. They're adaptable. They're children. They're growing and they're learning every single day, many, like every single minute they're learning, growing. And they want to be listened to. Exactly. More than most things, they just let let them say what's on their mind. Starting a class with, um, I love to do a, and I learned this at University of Texas um, through their teaching arts department, starting the class with a thumbs up to thumbs down and just letting everyone silently show from thumbs up to thumbs down how exactly they're feeling that day. Oh, I love that. Um, even if there's no time to really go around the circle and talk about what's the best and worst thing that happened this week, you know, even if you don't have time to air out everybody's thoughts before class starts, you can just start with the thumbs up, thumbs down, have everybody look around and see everybody's thumbs and say, okay, let's treat everyone accordingly. Let's keep in mind how everyone's feeling today. And that lets the kids, even if they can't get a word in edgewise the rest of the lesson, because it's go, 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 they're, they're giving a place where they can where they can be listened to and where they can speak their own truth. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you You need to do that before you can teach anything because they're, it's going to be hard to listen and be listened to if um, people can't kind of air out what they're thinking before coming into class. For sure. I love that. I think that that's a brilliant idea too, because it allows the, the kids to really learn how to respect each other's privacy, respect each other's space, mm-hmm. respect each other. It, it just, it just, I love that. Honestly, don't share that because I may steal that from my classes. I'm, oh, no, I'm it's not- wonderful. Everyone should do it. I love it. Yeah, it's awesome. But thank you. Thank you so much for sitting down and chatting with me. I really, 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 really appreciated this conversation because like I'm a, I'm a teaching artist too. Like mm-hmm. I just, those who work with kids or even like babysit kids, daycare, any of that stuff, it's anybody's able to relate to this. And I always love talking to talking to people who are involved with the kids. So thank you so, so much. Absolutely. Same to you, Aaliyah. Thank you. And where can they find you? What are you up to? Um, you're doing a Zoom show. Feel free to, this is your moment to just plug whatever you would like to. Yes, absolutely. So I am at Susanna Crowell on Instagram. Uh, that is where I usually update everybody with everything. I am currently originating the role of Jenny in Human Resources, the musical. That can be found at humanresourcesmusical.com. They also have Human Resources Musical on Instagram. And um, you can get your tickets there. What else? Um, Also, I guess the link tree in my bio on Instagram has everything else, but I'm Susanna Kroll on YouTube as well. I create content there. So if you're ever interested in seeing some more content, I've got... um, a bigger project coming out pretty soon. So yeah, that's the places you can find me. 
<laughs> nice. Well, thank you so, so much. And thank you all so much for listening. Please, please, please support her, Susanna for um, all of her projects and everything that she's working on. She's fabulous. And you can follow um, the podcast on Instagram at 10 Till Places Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. And we hope that I hope that you have a lovely, lovely day. Goodbye. Thank you, 10. <laughs> Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.